What is up, all my Nexus family? It is your host, Dr. Daniel Kimbley, and you are tuned in to another episode of The Nexus Podcast. And on this week's episode of the podcast, I want to give you a little back-to-school episode because school, at least in California anyway, is about to kick back into high gear this week. And we're going to talk about back-to-school, social distancing, relationships, and the polyvagal theory. So I want you to kick back, relax, and enjoy this brain-based episode of The Nexus Podcast. So I'm not going to lie to you, things in my office have been a little spicy over the course of the last week. And one of the reasons being so is because many more of the parents that I take care of and families in general, the kiddos too, are stressed out because of the online environment that many of them are experiencing for school. Now, it doesn't matter where you stand. I'm not here to hate on the social distancing. I'm not here to hate on the fact that we don't have our kids, for the most part, um, back in actual classrooms around other students. But I just wanted to share some research, some knowledge, some brain-based theories about why it may not be a good idea to actually social distance our kids. Now, One of the places you can go, this is not the point of this episode, but I just kind of want to set it up in the front end is like, if you are afraid of the virus that we have been told we should be afraid of and we should wear masks for, et cetera, et cetera, then I'm just going to have you consider that that's okay for you to be afraid, but just go and look at CDC statistics on what, how many kids uh, this virus actually affects. So with that in the back of your head, just knowing that like, I'm not hating on any of this. This is a research base. This is a numbers base. If we trust the CDC and we look at their numbers, then we should know that it should be relatively safe to send our kiddos back to school. And whatever theory uh, we have about it, it doesn't necessarily matter. What I want to talk about, talk to you about is how social distancing, how relationships and how the polyvagal theory, our vagus nerve play a part in this thing that we're doing when we're social distancing and we're taking these online classes. Now, two episodes ago, I talked about how screens specifically have a dampening and negative effect on the frontal cortex of the brain. And this episode, what I want to do though, is I want to talk about relationships, specifically how social distancing and relationships and even mask wearing can have a hindrance on not only our ability to learn, but our ability to be healthy, like our ability for our nervous system and our ability for our immune system to function well. And so I think it's important that we understand that our nervous system controls every single function we have our body, every cell, every tissue, every organ. If we do not have a nervous system, life is not possible in our body. If we have interference to our nervous system, then Our body's not going to function as well as it could, as well as it should. And this all comes from stress. That interference comes from stress, and the stress could be from having lack of relationships. So what I want to start with is just a simple study. In 1938, yes, my friends, you heard that correctly. In 1938, Harvard started doing a study with 700 men. Started in 1938. It is still going strong today. Started with 700 men, and there are 60 men that are still a part of this study. So many of these men are into their 90s now, as you could imagine. And so what Harvard did is they wanted to look at what was the effect of healthy relationships on health in general, and not just health from the perspective of like, did this person get sick or not get sick? but a number of things in terms of health. And so two things that they measured, they measured brain scans, which I think is super interesting because if you know me, you know I'm all about the brain. The other thing they measured are blood samples. And so from these participants, like I said, it started with 700. They've been doing this for eight decades, continuous study to see um, what actually constitutes and creates health within the body. And this is what Harvard found in this study. And this is still going and they're still continuing to prove this to be true. This is what they found is that the men 
in these studies who had healthier relationships, and it doesn't matter about the number of relationships, okay? So it doesn't, it doesn't mean they need to have 100,000 people liking them on Instagram who they barely know, but close, well-connected, well-developed, intimate relationships with people who surround these men, they found these men to be healthier, both in brain scans and in blood samples. So in other words, what they found is that these men are healthier from a immune system perspective, they're alive, they're living longer, and not only that, but they're brains are staying healthier. So they're having less neurodegenerative breakdown. So the big finding of the study, the thing that's important to note is this, is that staying connected and involved is a form of taking care of yourself. So being connected to other people is critical is what they found in this study. And they found a number of things that I'm just going to share with you. And I'll link this study or at least the uh, breakdown of it. So you have a little bit of an idea and you can read about it. Check out the full study if you want. But like I said, this is what they found is they found that social connections appear to be good for health. Loneliness is toxic. And again, I said at the beginning of this is that relationship quality matters. So it's not necessarily the number of relationships you have, but the deep quality relationships. And then good relationships appear to protect our brains, which our brains control every single function, every cell, tissue, organ in our entire body. So wouldn't it make sense to believe and to act in a way that would allow our brains the best ability to be healthy through every single phase of life up into the 90s. So the concern is this, is that we look at this Harvard study, we look at other studies that have been done like this, and what I'm thinking, just in my head from a logical perspective, very, very linear thinking on my part, I will admit that, but my linear thinking is this, is that if we are social distancing and we are keeping kiddos from having good, healthy relationships now, today, from spending time with their peers in the classroom, then what are they going to look like as they age and get older? Like, at what point do we decide, you know what, realistically, one day these kids are gonna have to grow up and be future leaders. We already have 52% of kids with chronic disease or illness in the US today. If you don't believe me, go look that number up. 52% of kids are diagnosed with a chronic disease or illness, which is a huge problem. So we have 52% of kids with chronic disease or illness before coronavirus, before the social distancing, before kids not going back to school. And now what we add into this is we add social distancing, kids not going back to school, and we know that relationships contribute to health. Relationship is a number one indicator. This is according to Harvard, the number one indicator of living a long, healthy, successful life and having a healthy brain in the process. And so if that's the case, then wouldn't it go to make sure that we should ensure that our kids are having good, healthy relationships? Now, this takes me down another path, another line of thinking that I want to share with you as well. So if we take that Harvard study and we pair it up with this concept of something called a polyvagal theory. Now, you may or may not have heard of the polyvagal theory, but there's a guy named Stephen Porges who came up with this, and basically what he talks about is that there are three branches of the vagus nerve. So there are three, um, we've traditionally been taught that there are two branches of our nervous system. There's a sympathetic or our stress nervous system, our fight or flight nervous system, and then there's the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest, our stay and play, our healing nervous system. And so these two work interchangeably, one to protect us, but also to allow us to heal. But Porges came in with this polyvagal theory and he said, hey, you know what? There's another branch of the nervous system that's controlled by the vagus nerve, which is primarily parasympathetic, by the way. And it's called, he called it the social vagus. And the social vagus literally means that, is that it's the social part of the nervous system, that humans need social interaction. And not only do we need social interaction, but this is what he goes on to explain in the study. He says this, he says that basically infants 
when they are tiny, they can't protect themselves and they can't, there's like nothing that they can do. So the nervous system of these infants had to figure out a way to let adults know that like, hey, I need you to take care of me so that they could get and convince adults to protect them. Now, this is where it gets super interesting. So what were those things? What was the adaptation in the nervous system? Well, the adaptation in the nervous system is this, is that looking someone, being able to look someone directly in the eyes, being able to touch someone physically, being able to shake a hand or being able to experience the closeness to someone, looking someone in the eyes, being able to read their facial expressions, all of those stimulate this social vagus. Now, you hear this all the time. I know with my daughter, it's hilarious. Is like we just started realizing this on our first kid is that it is so easy to just sit and watch a kid for hours and hours and hours and just be like completely dumbfounded and completely in awe and it feels so good. And this is because it stimulates that social vagus nerve. So my question is this, is that if we don't have people looking at each other in in person, or even worse, if we have people wearing masks where we literally can't see their facial expressions, like for me, and my daughter, I know that if we have to wear a mask somewhere, like our daughter can't see our facial expressions. So there's not, we're not stimulating the social vagus, the part of her nerve, her nervous system that is responsible for telling the body is, Hey, it's safe. Hey, we're healing. And so doing things in person calms and protects the brain. Again, let me say that one more time. Doing things in, in person calms and protects the brain. Now, this is super important because if we look at the way that the brain functions, then when the body is in a stressed out state, we bypass the very rational, good versus bad, right versus wrong. This is the frontal cortex of the brain, by the way. The part of the brain that's responsible for us determining good versus bad, right versus wrong, being able to be literate and logical, being curious, um, the part of the brain that activates the immune system. And so if we bypass that, then what we get is this place where we have kiddos who are automatically going to be stressed out and they're not going to make as good of decisions because their social vagus isn't being stimulated. Because of this polyvagal theory, the social vagus isn't being stimulated. And what does this do? For babies, it puts babies into a fight or flight mode. It literally makes babies scream and cry and they start acting out, acting irrational because they don't feel like they're cared for. So my question is, and my fear is this, is that if we're social distancing our kids, we look at this Harvard study, we pair this up, we know that longevity, especially with brain health, is tied directly to having healthy relationships. And then we take that a step further and we're not even getting the prerequisite things that we need to have healthy relationships because we're not in person with people. Then what does that do to the brain of our children? Is it setting them up to be in a place of stress and stuck in that stress state? So when I stuck it, say stuck in that stress state, here's what I mean. You probably heard this before. There's this concept of neuroplasticity. And what you've likely heard before is that neurons or the brain tissue that fires together, wires together. And so if we're constantly firing stress because we're social distancing, because we're not around our friends, because we're isolated, because we're scared, then we're going to be firing the stress part of our brain. And if we fire the stress part of our brain long enough, it's going to become a habit where it just does it all the time. And we don't even have to think about it anymore. So for me, my fear is like, what are we doing to our children if we are going to social distance them for who knows how long? And what kind of long lasting impact is this going to have on the brain and on the nervous system if we don't address it? And it scares me, but I'm also hopeful because there are a number of things that you can do. And I think arguably one of the most important things that you could do aside from starting to build healthy relationships is starting to put your kids around people that you trust and allow them to have relationships and flourish and stimulate their poly, the social vagus is also to create and give them a sense of community. And that, my friends, is what we are creating right here in our office 
with Nexus Family Chiropractic. Now, if you didn't know, I just want to share with you, the word Nexus means two different things. One, the word Nexus can mean a connection linking two or more things, points, or places. The other word for Nexus is the central or most important point or thing. And so there's two meanings to this is that one is nexus is literally the place where you can come to connect yourself to better health, to better relationships, to better brain health. And we are creating a community in Orange County where we are having people stand up and say, you know what, there's got to be a different way. And as we activate the nervous system, as we start to stimulate the brain, as we give these chiropractic adjustments, because there's a relationship and there's a community within our office where people know each other and they talk to each other and we look at the eyes and we give high fives and we give hugs, like all of these things contribute to health and longevity. And this is not just my opinion. All of the science supports and points to this. And so my question for you is this, is do you have a community where you are building and fostering strong, tight-knit relationships? And do you have people who are there to look out for you, to stimulate your social vagus so that you can be as healthy and prosperous as possible? And this is the cool part about it, is every single chiropractic adjustment that we do stimulates the vagus nerve. It's parasympathetic. We put the body into healing mode. We take the body out of stress mode. This stimulates the frontal cortex of the brain that allows for better decision-making. It allows for more rationality. It allows for better choices. It allows for better learning. It allows for better motivation. It allows for better willpower. It allows for better relationships. All the things that we care about, all the things that we know to be true about health and longevity in this country and what creates successful leaders and successful people and successful human beings comes and starts in the brain. And if you don't have strategies to deal with what happens in the brain, then my question for you is, what's it going to look like for your kiddos? There may not, you may not see a glaring issue today, but I'll tell you what I see in my office. This is what I see. Kids coming in stressed out from being on the computer all day. Kids who would normally run in, give me a high five with huge smiles on their face are down. They're not as happy. They're bummed out and they're bored. And long-term, what does this do to their health? Long-term, what does this do to their relationships? Long-term, what does this do to their vagus nerve? And what does this do to their brain and their nervous system? So my question for you, my friends, is how will you make sure that your kiddos are set up to thrive and be successful this this school year? And I'm gonna leave you with one last thing. If you're interested in being a part of our community, please reach out to us. You can email me directly at frontdesk at nexusfamilychiropractic.com. You can DM us on Instagram at Nexus Family Chiropractic on Facebook, or you can check out our website as always, nexusfamilychiropractic.com. I love and appreciate every single one of you. I'm sharing this episode for one reason and one reason only. It's because I know that this is the way to uplift our community. It's to create better relationships. It's to create a nexus where people can get together and spend time and not be fearful and start to grow and build and survive and thrive. So we create a successful future of leaders in this country because you know that we desperately need it. I love and appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. If you got some value out of it, please leave a rating. Please leave a review. I will come at you again next week. I am out of here. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Nexus Podcast with your host, Dr. Daniel Kimbley. If you're interested in receiving more information about optimizing your brain and nervous system, check out our website at www.nexusfamilychiropractic.com.